And I'd like to also greet those worshippers with us online, those worshippers with us in the hall, in the overflow room, and also our Mandarin ministry. Our scripture reading this morning is going to be brought by Hannah, Rachel, and Ruth from In Between Ministry. It is taken from Luke chapter 24, reading from verses 1 to 12. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they came to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find the body. While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men in dazzling clothes stood aside them. The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you, while he was still in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified, and on the third day rise again. Then they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all this to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other woman with them who told this to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves. Then he went home, amazed at what that had happened. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us give our hands to the three ladies bringing us the scripture reading. Let us join in prayer. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, this morning as we join with Christians throughout the world in celebrating Easter, the Resurrection Sunday, we come to ponder on your word and also your excited encouragement to us as we live our lives before you. So as the disciples and Peter were amazed, also bring our amazement to the joy and the victory that you have brought with Easter. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. What happened at Easter? What exactly happened? The last verse that was read, Peter and I'm sure the other disciples went away amazed. They were still processing. They were still connecting the dots. What exactly happened on Easter Sunday. Of course, initially they thought, this has always been the way after death, isn't it? We bury our dead, we go and pay respects at the grave. And they were through their journey to the cross. They all went through the Holy Week, Monday, Thursday, and Good Friday. They were grieving. They were at a loss. They were defeated. They had all kinds of feelings of regret. Towards the end of Friday, before sunset, the Sabbath would be about to begin. And so Joseph of Arimathea, as we uh, read from other passages in the Gospels, hastily asked for the body of Jesus to be entombed. And so they did that just before the start of the Sabbath, which was to begin sundown of Friday. 
And Sabbath remained from sundown till Saturday's sundown, and they could not do any work. So only on Sunday morning at first light could the ladies rush to the tomb to pay respects. What did they see in the morning? Why, the stone was rolled away from the sealed tomb. The tomb that they went in to have a look was empty. They were greeted by angels. And the message was, Jesus is alive. Peter went back to verify. He couldn't, couldn't figure out what was going on and he was amazed at what had happened. So many years later, in his epistle, Peter wrote this way, God has given us a new life that has a confidence which is alive, just as what the choir had rendered to us in the introit. Our hope is alive. Why? Because Jesus Christ has come back to life. This is a new life which has an inheritance that cannot be destroyed or corrupted and can't fade away because it is eternal, kept in heaven for us. It is beyond this age and this life, guarded by God's power. Hallelujah. That's the message as Peter continued to connect the dots and be amazed at what has happened. So too for us today as we celebrate Resurrection Sunday. What is it that we celebrate? What is this that has happened for us at Easter? First, I think, it tells us that Christianity is true. That Jesus is true. Why the women at the tomb were reminded by the angels? They said, remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified and on the third day rise again. All this did not make sense to them. All this seemed unusual and it is so out, out for them to just accept. But then... The angels told them and they remembered his words. Yes, they were beginning to connect the dots. They were beginning to say, oh yes. So if Jesus had said this, although we were unbelieving, although we had all kinds of doubts about him, his words, although we said this can never happen to our Messiah, now with Easter and resurrection, we look back and say, yes, he did say this and it did happen. So what happened at Easter is that we recognize that Jesus is true. What Jesus said, what he taught, what Jesus has promised for us, and what Jesus claims to be. All this, the disciples were connecting these dots and say, yes, this is what happens at Easter. Let me read to you from this book taken from uh, this author, Dr. Donald English, and from his book, Why Believe in Jesus, he presents it this way. God is saying through the resurrection that Jesus is different in kind from all other teachers, rabbis, and prophets you have ever known. This is important because the fundamental question about Christianity is not, does it make you feel better or... Do you join a nicer set of people or does it give you a greater sense of purpose and peace? 
The fundamental question about Christianity is, is it true? If it is not true, it does not matter how you feel about it. There are lots of people who felt better in following Adolf Hitler. And there are lots of people who have felt better following all kinds of cults, groups and sects, which we know are clearly misguided. The question is not how you feel, or whether it suits you, or whether it settles into your culture nicely. The question is, is it true, or is it not? At the very heart of Easter Day is the affirmation of God. It is true because it is based on Jesus, and Jesus is the Son of God, raised from the dead. And this is our message This is our message as we come together. This is our hope. This is what we rest on. And it is very important because we can now recognize that we can trust in Jesus. Of course, Jesus tells us in this world you will have troubles. But take heart, I've overcome the world. So we can come to Jesus despite. Sometimes we may be disillusioned with the church. We may be disillusioned with Christians. We may be disillusioned with our leaders or with life. We may say to God, I don't understand why bad things happen to good people. Or certain things just don't make sense in life. But we can trust in Jesus. We can come to Jesus because Easter endorses Him. All His words, all His claims. Secondly, When we think of what happened at Easter, we must recognize that God is bigger than our problems. We have big problems. For for Peter and for the disciples, they really felt that failure that day. They were too weak, they were too frightened, they were powerless. The enemies were able to manipulate the, the Romans. They were able to use the cross as the act of crucifixion. They used all kinds of unjust ways and methods. Events just went beyond their control and they prayed and they prayed. Their prayers went unanswered. I'm sure you have days like that. I'm sure you have days like that. But Easter proves that God is bigger than our problems. God could turn everything around. What the cross meant initially as an act of cruelty. It was a day of infamy. Infamy. It was defeat. It was disaster. And yet, today we can look at the cross and say it is victory. We can look at the cross and say it is Good Friday. We can look at the cross and say we glory in the cross. We can talk about cherishing the old rugged cross. This is a miracle that God brought about. How he redeemed the world, even though in the eyes of all the evil people, they were actually putting an end to the life of Christ. They were putting an end to the Messiah. On Passover feasts, such a great day of deliverance, they were crucifying the Messiah. And yet God was able to turn that around and offered a Passover Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And it is through Easter that we look back with joy on this event. So remember, 
all of us have our Good Fridays in life. You may be living in your Good Friday today. I have such a disastrous past. I have enemies all around me. Look at my present struggle. And when I think about the future, I think there's no future, there's no hope. Don't we all have prayers like this? We say, why, Lord? How long, Lord? Why, Lord, have you forsaken me? All this we just bring up to the Lord. But Peter, when he wrote in his epistle, says, we are kept in heaven by the power of God. This is our inheritance that cannot be taken away, that cannot fade. And this is where we are. And the angels say to the ladies, as they say to us, don't be haunted by the past. Then you would be looking for the living among the dead. See, right now it is Easter. And in Easter, God has made a miracle and God will suddenly do that miracle in our lives too. For we know that in all things, God worked together for good. For those who love God and are called according to His purpose. Yes, you have your worst on Good Friday. But Easter comes that transformation by God. He can turn things all the way around that every human evil thing that they have had succeeded in their scheme. That miracle, that redemption, turning things back all over again. And finally, what happened at Easter is that we realize that life is beyond death. It is because of Easter that we have this message of hope at funerals. At funerals, we encourage people. We say, yes, we may sorrow, but it is not without hope. We say, yes, it is a bad thing, but remember that God has overcome at Easter. We comfort one another and we tell another the hope of the resurrection for our loved ones. You know, there's a culture that goes on in our world that says you only live once. And when you have that attitude that you only live once, you feel that death robs you of everything. And you don't want to miss out on life. You want to grab all you can in this life. All that I can, I want to get ahead. And if I have to, I will be kiasu. If I have to, I will step over others in the process. But Easter shows us that life is much more than that. Beyond this short span of life or this limited opportunities that we have within our lifespan. There is much more. And it shows that death cannot rob Jesus of his short life. So too, for all of us, this message at Easter. I've been to different countries and uh, I've been to the tombs of all kinds of important people. When I was in Moscow, I lined up quite a few minutes of lining up just to see the preserved body of Lenin. And, uh, you know, you walk in, you file in very respectfully without making any noises. And uh, at least you get a glimpse of what Lenin's body looks like. In uh, Beijing, I also line up for a while so that I was given a chance to file in and have a good look at the, the 
tomb, the mausoleum of Mao Zedong. So too, if you go to Ho Chi Minh City today, you can file up and see uh, Ho Chi Minh uh, in his mausoleum. And I had been to uh, Washington, D.C., and I was brought to this place where the interment of uh, JFK was. And respectfully, you would go there and uh, pay respects to someone uh, uh, that's great. But you know, today, you can go to Jerusalem, and you would also be lining up for a while. Some of us may have to line up for an hour. And when you go in, you say, what is this? This tomb is empty. There's nothing to see. Not even a toenail, not even some locks of hair. There's nothing to see. There is an empty tomb. You mean you make me line up for an hour to come in here? And there's nothing. I want to see something. But this is our message at Easter. This is the message we carry as Easter people. That Christ is risen. He has been raised from the dead. He is no more there in Jerusalem. We don't have to make a trip there to be in touch with Him because He is with us in the Spirit and He will come again. Hallelujah. And our message remains this, that uh, Paul wrote to the Corinthians, he says, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have died. And this is agricultural language. The people of his time understand what it means by first fruit. It means it's like if you have a mango tree growing in your yard and you've been waiting and waiting, it's been some time and the mango tree has not been flowering. And maybe your gardener may say, I know of some methods. I'm going to put more fertilizer so that uh, uh, it will grow better. And we are not going to water it as often so that the heat may create the flowers to grow. And it's been a few years and this plant is still quite barren looking. And then the gardener says, I've got another idea. You know, you get this uh, parang and you chop it. And sometimes when the tree thinks that its life is threatened, it will start to flower so that uh, it can give uh, uh, seeds for the next generation. And there are all kinds of old folk tales that suggest all kinds of methods in making your tree flower and fruit. But even then, you wait. But one season, you see flowers budding. You get very excited. So what if you get the flowers? You need to wait for the first fruits, right? Because even if it flowers throughout and they don't develop, you are just as disheartened. But then the first fruits come. And you pluck the first fruit and you cut it and then you share it with your family. Say, look at this, the flavor. It is really right. It's not too fibrous, it's juicy. This is great mango. Now, the first fruits is the indication for us to celebrate, for us to rejoice, for us to remind ourselves this is an assurance and a promise of what will follow from this harvest, from this tree. And this is what Paul is talking about in first fruits. Jesus' resurrection, it happened to Jesus, it will happen to each one of us. And that is that story of first fruit. There is going to be life beyond death. That death is not the victory. There is more to life than what we experience just on this short years on planet Earth. So we live our lives on eternity, as uh, Peter has suggested in his letter, that there is an inheritance kept for us in heaven. 
and it is also kept by the power of God. Of course, in this world, we will still face with disasters, wars, with diseases, with evil, but we need not be fearful. We need not be threatened in life or in death. And that's why Easter people can say, to die is gain. Easter people can say, I desire to depart to be with Christ, which is better by far. And Easter people can say, where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? And that's why Paul summed us up and said, Therefore, all of us should stand firm. Let nothing move us. Always giving ourselves fully to the work of the Lord because we know our labor in the Lord is never in vain. Hallelujah. So where are we this morning as Easter people? Let's remember that first of all, that endorsement from God the Father on the Son. Jesus is true. All his words, even when we have doubts about him, it is all endorsed with that Easter morning. And we can come and put our trust in him, even if we cannot trust in many other things. God is bigger than the problems we have. Sure, we have challenges, but look at how God turned Good Friday around. A day of infamy, and now we call it Good Friday. A day when Jesus was defeated. A day where evil triumphed. And now we look back and we glory in the cross. And we look at the cross as a symbol of our victory. He does that also with our Good Fridays. And life is beyond death. Sure, we have all kinds of struggles in this life. Be it diseases, be it bankruptcy, be it all forms of disaster. But there is more to life. And we should put our hope and investment in eternity. Not primarily on this short life we have. Let us now come to the Lord in prayer. And in prayer, I want to give us an invitation. This morning, I know that there are some of us who come to church in our doubts. We come with disillusionment. Maybe we have been disillusioned by Christians, by the church. We have questions about life, about our world. But this morning, the message of Easter comes true to us, that Jesus is true, that endorsement by the Father. And I want to invite us as we come with our doubts to just put our trust in Jesus. That we reach out to him and say, Jesus, I have so much uncertainties about life and about what goes on around me, but I want to put my trust in you. You are the way, you are the truth, you are the life. I want to reach out to you, Lord. Give me your words of comfort, your words of promise.
If that's the prayer of your heart, would you say amen to that? And this morning as we worship together, there are some of us who come with brokenness in our life. We come and say, I'm living in Good Friday of my life. Everything is just going wrong. Defeated by my enemy, there are schemes by evil people who just overpower me. I'm just too weak, too frightened that I deserted Christ. I just denied and ran away. I'm still living in my Good Friday. But Easter people, God comes to transform. God comes to change things upside down, even while it looks as if evil is the victor. God brings the victory with Easter Sunday. And we can come and invite God into our lives and say, God, would you come and transform this Good Friday in my life? It has broken everything that I've hoped for. I don't have a future. I don't have a hope. But would you just come into my life, bring about your transformation as you have done on Jesus Christ, would you do upon me? As you have done with people like Peter and the early disciples, would you also do this transformation in me? I invite you to bring that into my Good Friday. That is your prayer. You can say amen to that. And this morning as we worship, there are some of us who come with great fears of death because of our illness, because of our weakness, because of all kinds of trials we have been going through in this life. But life is beyond death. And this is the message of Easter. And as we come would you just recognize that there's so much more, just as Peter has written and just as Paul has written, and that we should live our lives not just now, but also for eternity. And what has been done for Christ, God will do for us. So our prayer may be to say to the Lord, Lord, I just want to yield my life to you. I want to stand firm. And let nothing move me. I want to always give myself fully for the work of the Lord, knowing that my labor in the Lord is never in vain. And we want to turn our lives over to God and say, Use me, whether it is many more years to come or a short while, but all the way into eternity. Use me for your glory, for your honor, for your service. And if that is your prayer, would you say amen to that? Lord Jesus, thank you for coming to us this day. Lord Jesus, thank you that in the resurrection we rejoice with you and we have no fear. And today we celebrate Easter here in this church with our online worshippers and with Christians all over the world that 
Hallelujah! You are risen indeed. And may this truth transform us, encourage us, and give us that future and that hope that we can rest in you. Whatever the world can throw at us, we can still rejoice and hope in you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.